welcome to Indiness, a podcast celebrating independent, creative, small businesses. I'm Emma Rosen, indie author, and I write children's books and non-fiction. I'm really looking forward to sharing today's interview with you. I'll be chatting to my wonderful friend, hairstylist and salon owner, Laura Newing. We'll be talking about branding, owning a premises, and the limitations of being a creative with a family. And I think that's something that I'm always trying to find balance with my family life, my creative work, and the teaching that I do at present, which helps pay the bills. (laughs) The creative self-employed work never goes away. You can always continue a project or work on an idea. There's always more to do. And balancing that desire to further your creative ideas, balancing that with your personal life and financial obligations isn't easy. And I don't think I've got it right yet. But anyway, this month has been a little kinder to me as my current project is in the hands of the illustrator, last episode's guest, Rhiannon Thomas. In fact, we did an Instagram Live this month announcing the details of that book together. And if you'd like to see that, you can find it on my grid at Emma Rosen Books. It's called Secret Seagrass Meadows and oh my goodness, we are so excited about it. And the idea for this book originated from a conversation with a friend who works for Natural England, which is a big organisation in the UK involved with policies and kind of, you know, protecting our natural environment. And we were discussing a seagrass regeneration project um, called Remedies. I'll link that below. How amazing it would be if there was a children's book about the project itself and about seagrass more generally to promote environmental literacy. And a few weeks later, (laughs) little old me was writing a proposal for this huge organisation that I have enormous respect for. And right now that book is well underway and my writing has been edited and I'm making final tweaks and little minor changes to word choices and things like that. And as I said, Rhiannon is working on the artwork. As an aside, if you haven't heard of seagrass, it is literally grass that grows under the sea. You get meadows of seagrass, which are key habitats, particularly for juvenile fishes. But It's under threat and in fact heavily impacted by pollution and fishing. So the regeneration work is really exciting, especially because seagrass absorbs huge amounts of CO2. So I just feel so lucky to be working on this project. It's a massive privilege and I'd never have believed it back in around... 2004 when I was diving seagrass to look for seahorses. Uh, We didn't find any. But to have even been able to envision that I'd be able to write a book about this habitat, a children's book, these beautiful illustrations, it's just... Yeah, it's brilliant. I'm really, really looking forward to being able to share this story with the world. So essentially, that's been my month, (laughs) perfecting my parts of the book while waiting for the final artwork to arrive. And at that point, I will start formatting the book. And before too long, I'll be holding it in my hands, which is just wild. 
Um, so I've been working on that and I also spent some time running stalls at events this month. We had the long Jubilee bank holiday weekend and I did three events uh, over the course of that weekend and I actually vlogged that on my YouTube channel so you can take a look on Emma Rosen books. Um, there's a vlog playlist if you have a look on my main page and you'll be able to find it there. And what I discovered from that weekend, as you'll see if you watch the vlog, is that three separate events on consecutive days is a lot of events. <laughs> and I think probably too many events. So I think I've learned my lesson to perhaps just do one or two unless it was a situation whereby I was setting a stall up and then going back to the same space, if that makes sense. Um, so it's it's one event, but multiple days. I think that would be a different situation. So uh, yeah, that was a very, very busy time. We're also moving. So there's a lot of shifting and change, um, but it's all good fun. So anyway, into the interview. Today's guest, Laura Newing, is one of my favourite humans and a hair wizard. <laughs> She's a hairdresser, creative colourist and a salon owner. I was keen to talk to her, not only because I just like talking to her, but also because I love the way she views her work. She's an exceptionally creative person and I think the pressures on her within the hair and beauty industry are a little different to other creative industries. So I wanted to talk to her as a small business owner about what that looks like for her. Laura's vibe is happy, expressive, and I really recommend her salon. It's a fun, relaxed space. She's really good at what she does. Her salon, Artistica, is also an inclusive space. And I wish we'd got more into that in the interview, perhaps another time. It's a good reason to have her back in the future. Um, but she's so welcoming of um, neurodiversity and different identities. She's yeah, she's, she's a good egg. Anyway, enough of me for now and let's get into the interview. <sighs> Ready? No. Cool. Because <laughs> it's going to go horribly wrong. <laughs> <laughs> be fine, be fine. <laughs> Welcome to Emma's podcast. <laughs> I'm going to leave we'll in. <laughs> we are two professionals. Being yeah. very professional. Businessing. Yes. Yeah. Well, today I'm joined by Laura Newing and I'm really looking forward to talking to you today because I feel like your business is something a little bit different to some of the other creatives we'll have on here. So let's start with you introducing yourself. Yes, where it all goes wrong. <laughs> uh, so I am Laura Newing, as previously stated. <laughs> <laughs> and what do you do, Laura Newing? I'm a hairdresser. <laughs> I do hair. So I feel like when we talk about creative businesses, people will automatically think writer, artist, illustrator, ceramicist, and they won't necessarily Ceramicist? Go... Do you think people automatically <laughs> think <Yeah>. ceramicist? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I think people don't necessarily go for the beauty industries. No. Um, and so I'm really excited to talk about creativity within hairdressing specifically, but within beauty. And you in particular, you're a specialist in colour. Yes. So I think that's really exciting. It is exciting. It, it can transform the way people feel about themselves. So 
it is quite exciting. Yeah. And what are you known for in the area? Uh, I turn people into unicorns <laughs> and mermaids yeah. and galactic space explorers. <laughs> so it's all these really vibrant, yeah. rainbow colours. Crazy hair. Yeah, you walk through the local area and go, <laughs> Laura did her hair. Laura did that. Laura did her hair. Yeah, um, and your salon is called? It's called Artistica. Yeah, and it's in Deal. So um, people who are local can even come and be turned into a mermaid or they a can. unicorn. Yes. Um, and I should say, by the way, that we're also besties. Besties. <laughs> <laughs> so, BFFs. Yes, yes. Yeah. Oh, we should get like bracelets. Sashes. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay. Good. Haven't got me a sash yet. No. Would you like one? Yeah. Okay. okay. I've asked several times. <laughs> Um, it's also about a thousand degrees today. It's quite so warm. Excuse the sheen. Um, should have got some some powder. We need like a makeup person. Yeah. yeah. Just get some talc. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, um, tell me how you got into all of that and how you specifically got into colour. Uh, so hairdressing, I came to completely by accident. Um, in as much as I had always kind of mucked about with my own hair. Um, I spent a lot of time in my teenage years not really knowing what to do with my hair because it doesn't do anything. It is flat and it is floppy and it is brown. Um, so I started hacking at it by myself. And so I'd always kind of mucked about with mine and coloured it and got my mum to bleach random bits of it occasionally. Um, yeah, some interesting <laughs> you were that things, kid. interesting things <laughs> happened, got in a lot of trouble at school. Uh, I got told off three times before nine o'clock once. Wow. Quite, quite good. <laughs> um, yeah, teachers chased me around. Right. What colour was your hair then? Uh, like orange. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bright. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be. That's, see, this is the perils of right. dyeing your hair at home. So anyway, um, when I was then leaving school, I went and did theatre and I thought I really want to work backstage doing theatre. And then I realised that I didn't want to work in London. Mm-hmm. And the theatre is, is the dog found in us. London. Here she is. Hi. Hello, dog. She's back. Yeah, we tried to get rid of the dog did and she you want broke. To work in London. She, she broke my um, mysterious having doors open. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll see if the dog stays quiet. Okay, yes, you didn't want to work in London. I didn't want to work in London. Um, And so I kind of chatted to my friend who had done the same course with me. And she was going to go on and do hairdressing because she wanted to do hair for film, theatre, television, like wig making. Mm -hmm. Um, And uh, so she said, well, why don't you just come and do hairdressing? You've obviously got an interest in hair Mm -hmm. and theatrics. And from like the first three days of the summer taster course that we did, I absolutely loved it. And I was like, oh, I'm going to do this. Yeah. <laughs> and that was that really. Amazing. And so did you, so you started off with a college course. Yeah. Yeah. And then did you, so you're a salon owner now, but yeah. how did you, how did that come about? So I worked for someone else mm-hmm. straight out of college and learnt a lot of things the hard way, made a lot of mistakes, was incredibly cocky. Um, and you? I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, did, did, um, did probably upset a few people on the way, really. Um, not least my boss, who wasn't overly impressed with how confident I was <laughs> compared to my skill set. 
Um, but anyway, I did that for three years and then I got a position self-employed in Deal. Mm-hmm. And I did that for a year. That wasn't a lot of fun. Um, various issues around the management of that salon. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I had then, you know, developed a good client base that was my own and I found an advert. Actually, my husband, who was my boyfriend at the time, found an advert and uh, it said looking for a salon manager with a view to take over. And yeah, that was wow. it. I met the lady that owned the salon and we just clicked and yeah. I mean, that's fantastic. So I, I would imagine most hairdressers either, I mean, what's more typical that you work for somebody or that you rent a chair? Um, it's quite a mix in the industry now. Um, and it's, it's, it's quite a hot topic mm. within the business industry of it in that it's, it's complicated to make things actually properly self-employed. Mm. So it's quite a mix, yeah. really. And you have a couple of ladies who rent chairs in your salon, yes. don't you? So you've got a team. <laughs> yeah, although I'm not allowed to call them my team because... yeah. No, you don't employ them, do you? Yeah. yeah. No, they're self-employed. We work as a team, but they are self-employed. Yeah. They run their own businesses within my building. Yeah. But that's brilliant then that they have that independence because I would imagine that if you work directly for somebody, is there an element of maybe creatively having to go along with uh, what the salon does yeah, absolutely because the salon is a brand in mm. itself and so you have to kind of produce what that salon produces mm. um and yeah so me working for someone else was never gonna work. no no <laughs> especially if they went into unicorns no and, you know, yeah. no and i think that that's another thing that's interesting for today is that an awful lot of independent creative people don't have a premises so mm. the fact that that you do and sort of talking about how that um, factors into your business, I think is gonna be really interesting. And I think, you know, when we talk about, like I said, when we talk about creatives, it's maybe not your first thought, but tell me about sort of creativity within hairdressing, you know, because it's not like you're just learning a cut and then you do that or learning. I know there are, I'm sure there's people that do that. But talk to me about sort of, especially your creativity, because you are especially known for that. So when, obviously when you do your college course, you are taught about five or six cuts Mm. and that's it. You're sent out into the world. And then all of a sudden you come across people that don't actually just want one of those five or six cuts. And so you (laughs) have to be able to think outside the box a little bit. And you have to really, you know, your only limitation is who you've got in front of you. Mm. That is... <laughs> I'll put my phone on silent. <laughs> this is a real professional setup, Laura. Do you know? <laughs> Did you expect anything? We've less? got a long way before things start bleeping. Yeah. Cool. Um, <laughs> yeah. Completely lost my train of thought. Thank you. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> you were talking about so you learn. Um, yeah, you learn a handful of yeah. things, and then you're sent out, and you really have to try and actually make those into real world hair. I suppose. Do you have somebody who comes and says, "Well, I just want." you know, a bit off the front and then a thing at the back and you have to interpret that into a, <laughs> yeah. a hairstyle. Yeah, you do that. I do that, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't want you know. it to look any different, but I want a complete change. Yeah, that's, that's always it. the good one. Yeah. That's fun. Um, yeah, I want a huge change, but don't cut it and don't colour it. What about if somebody good. says to you, I want this, and you know it will look awful on them? Yeah, you have to develop a lot of tact. Yeah. 
<laughs> I know you don't with me you're just like no no not for you um, sometimes yeah you do have to say actually no that's that's not really gonna work and you know it's quite easy to explain generally people understand that everyone's mm. got a different face shape and skin tone and things so mm. it's not too painful when people say oh can I have this so I think it's mm. interesting I mean if I were selling a book if someone bought my book and they didn't like it they just don't have to read it or they yeah. can throw it away or we, but if you they would never do that <laughs> don't throw my books away don't throw the books um away. but for you I feel like there's a different set of <laughs> pressure you know if somebody doesn't like the hair you've yeah, done yeah you kind of start yeah that's yeah. a lot of um, I mean depends on what they've had done obviously mm. if if someone's had it shaved off and then they change their mind that's a bit of an issue yeah Mm. um if someone's had a color that perhaps they're not keen on then generally yeah there are things you can do to Mm. to change it but um yeah it can be difficult you can be then stuck walking around with something on your head that actually you're not in love with and i like what you say you say like hair is my canvas yeah and i love that that's the way you look at it that you truly are expressing something you are an artist well that's why you're here today because you are (laughs) but you know i guess you have to look at somebody and the way that they look and their skin tone and and have something that expresses what you do yeah but on them yeah that's really interesting well it's i guess it's that's the medium that you're given to work with isn't it you know i've got the additional colors and my cutting tools and things like that but my base medium is the person that is sat in front of Mm. me and yeah, you have to balance your creativity with what's actually gonna work for that person. I know that you do have some people who genuinely will just say, yeah, do what you want. Yeah, and that's... they're amazing. <laughs> I love them. They're the multicolored people we see around here. Yeah. <laughs> they're brilliant. Yeah. They're yeah. just the best people in the world. They just go, just do what you want. And they genuinely mean it because yeah. sometimes people say that and they don't. <laughs> they actually have an idea. But Is you it... know, that's part of it. You have to really actually talk to the person get to know that person understand Mm. what their thoughts and feelings really are and do you sometimes have to really well you probably do have to really rein your creativity in and just be like oh yeah yeah, okay we'll do that boring thing and you'd love to do yeah and there are some people that just would look incredible if they would mm. just let me just do a little bit of something and <laughs> I, I normally like get them with time I, I get have. them with time it happens mm. you know <laughs> it, I sort of work away gradually <laughs> <laughs> just turning just, deal into a rainbow yeah. slowly but surely but it does happen you know people see it like they'll see someone else that I've done they'll be like oh wow and they go oh I'm not brave enough to do that and yeah slowly actually they realize they are brave enough to do that i think as well your clients are like a walking advert for you because i know so for example my mum at the moment you put some purple in her hair she gets stopped constantly of people asking about her hair and there have been people who've taken your details who hopefully then will become future clients so it it is amazing adverts walking around you know (laughs) that's pretty good yeah it's like someone walking around with your book yeah in their hands i should get people to do that yeah do that Mm, no No. (laughs) (laughs) um so tell us about your salon because i find i'm gonna have to throw this dog out in a second oh she's good she's leaving she's (laughs) (laughs) um tell us about your salon because that extension of your personality and expression Mm. because I feel like for a lot of people so for me personally I'd love to have a little space that I could 
have like mood boards and and I don't know dictionaries. What would I put in this space? But you think yes. <laughs> you're in your ceramics now. But you, you would create a space that gives you a creative zone, yeah. I guess, that makes you feel expressive. But yeah. for you, that's also an advert of yeah. this is who I am. And I think for a lot of us, we can't justify having a studio or a space. No. You know. And rightly so, it's really expensive. <laughs> <laughs> but since you do, we can all live vicariously through you. Um I'm interested in your thoughts about sort of your salon being part of your creative. Yeah, I mean, thing. it absolutely is. It is it is your advert physically there when people walk past it. You want them to go, oh, wow, that place looks great. You know, I wonder what they do in there. And yeah. um, especially since yours is purple. Yeah, it wasn't meant to be purple. <laughs> it's great. I'm glad it is. Oh, I hate that colour. <laughs> it's like, I love purple. Yeah. That's the worst purple. Not that in the purple. World. It's okay. terrible. It's supposed to be like really pretty soft grey. Mm. And the lady just made it purple. No. <laughs> My dad painted it. I was like, oh. Oh. Okay. I like it. It's purple now. <laughs> I mean, it's handy because, you know, you say to people, oh, which salon is yours? Say, oh, well, you know the big purple building. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's you. Yeah, that's me. <laughs> but do you, when you're sort of creating your decor because I know you did the place up over COVID as well yeah and so yeah you know is that very much part of what you're doing you're creating something that says what yeah. you do yeah it's had a bit of a transformation and obviously we had to do various things thanks to all the COVID restrictions mm. putting screens up and things um but actually what that's allowed me to do is now I have my very own little my nook you I do. call it <laughs> Um, and it's yeah right in the front and I really love being there and it is it's much more my space Mm. whereas when the whole space was open it was a shared environment and so it had to cater to everybody's sort of tastes and now I have like floofy confetti things and (laughs) pom-poms and yeah and like rose gold shells and things Laura's space Laura's space (laughs) my nook my little nook yeah I like it because I think a lot of hairdressers go for the everybody wears black. Yeah. And there, there is like a hairdresser. I mean, look. that's very practical to I'm be sure. fair. Because the amount of stuff you get on you. So. <laughs> I wish I'd worn black. You don't. I don't no. wear black. No. I went through a phase actually when I was employed and everything I wore to work was black and my wardrobe got blacker and blacker mm. and blacker. And I was like, oh, this is miserable. Mm. So yeah, when I went self employed, it was like, nope, colour. Yeah, and now I don't really own anything black. And then you don't, the the ladies who rent chairs at your mm. salon, they can do their own thing as well, yeah, which is completely. nice. Yeah. Um, because I imagine other salons, may, maybe they might need to fit the brand yeah. more. And yeah, a lot of yeah. salons have a uniform policy and things mm. like that. And yeah, yeah, a bit more one size fits all. Could you? How long have you been in your salon? This specific? Because you had a salon before. So this one will be four years in wow. August. Because I was thinking yeah. you really weren't open for very long when the pandemic hit. Yeah. Um, and I was really impressed with how you adapted to that because, <laughs> but I think it's your creativity again, because instead of going, oh, well, you know, I'll take the sort of various financial bits and pieces that you were eligible for and wait until this is over. Mm. But you took the opportunity of the time to 
you know, make your salon more your own when you have yeah, clients in I there. The floor. You did. <laughs> oh my god, I stripped the floor. That was insane. It's a yeah. very lovely floor now. It is really nice, and I'm glad <laughs> I did it. But yeah, my knees after that, and I, oh god forbid, my poor lungs. That <laughs> chemicals. Yeah. But it could have been quite easy, I think, to just kind of think, oh well. Yeah. It, it's just, just go quiet and just sit back and wait. Yeah. Yeah. It's just a business. We'll carry on, kind of with the daily thing yeah. after this but you were like no because I want this to have a certain feel and a, you yeah. know um and and I think that's maybe the difference when you're self-employed and when you're creative mm. is that the work never stops yeah. and you always have these ideas there's a lot of ideas there's not a lot of time there's a lot of ideas yeah well this is the thing I mean well you've been talking about rebranding what are your yeah. what's what's the plan slowly slowly mm. and gently rebranding yeah i've had my logo redesigned just slightly it's beautiful it's lovely <laughs> really pleased with it and actually you know i kind of went sideways with that as well rather than getting a logo designer mm. um my lovely friend's husband did it who's a tattoo artist yeah it's amazing and he has this amazing sort of um what would you call it like his his design of choice mm-hmm. is like the watercolory stuff yes so yeah. he has quite colorful tattoos, yeah his tattoos he? are beautiful mm. really really proper art mm. stuff i love it <laughs> proper art stuff. <laughs> <laughs> um but it's yeah he, podcast we're gonna use the right language <laughs> like that really would fit me better yes than what you see all the time which is you know lady head with hair mm-hmm. with word <laughs> and that's what you get you know you, yes. you look at all the salons lady head hair word yeah. um so I wanted something a bit different and yeah something that did reflect what I do say I do say hair is my canvas mm-hmm. and yeah I like to paint people and do you have so, so you've got your new logo and do you have plans moving forward for what you're gonna hang on hang on right hang on, <laughs> come here Cute. I've forgotten I'd opened the back door come here She's like, no. I don't want to. Being disruptive. I don't want to. Go on, good girl. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you what I'm saying now. Um, 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 I don't know what's name. What was I saying? Something about your salon, and it was about. I don't know. Um, what else are you going to do? Yeah, well, with these, what what other plans do you have? So you've redeveloped your logo. Yeah. And w- what's the... <laughs> <laughs> what else are you doing? <laughs> what else am I doing? Um, I'm thinking a lot about what I might like Good. to do. Um, and then I'm changing my mind a lot. And I write things down. And then I change my mind again. And I write something else down. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> I think that. we can all identify with that. Yeah. But I think... Because one of the things I wanted to talk about here... Because I know that you have a vision for where you're going with this in terms yeah. of some of the the salons in London, for example, where yeah. they're super colourful and, and sort of looking at yeah. that idea, but in a little seaside town. Yeah. <laughs> and with children oh, and, children. yeah, and all of that limitation, <laughs> which again is something that would be lovely to speak about because, you know, we all have all these big plans and then life and people want yeah. things from you oh yeah they always want something <laughs> food and things because your youngest is still really little he is little he's one yeah well 13 months now um and he wants things yeah, yeah. <laughs> he wants to be fed he wants to go places gaga all the time he wants to go to the garden <laughs> um 
Yeah. So yeah, it does. It makes things harder to actually get from thought to action. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there are big plans. There are things that I want to do, and I'm being really articulate. <laughs> <laughs> no, I know that you know it's that whole sense of bringing together your space advertising who you are and what you do being known for that yeah i mean you already are but m- mm. more um and make biggering it yes <laughs> biggering biggering and biggering biggering. Biggering. yeah don't start it's fine because that's in that's in the lorax i think so it's a word because dr seuss said so <laughs> but you know that that you don't feel necessarily that how things are are quite there yeah yeah. So I'm hugely inspired by, um, there's a salon owner and stylist called Sophia Tilton. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's catching. I don't even know if I've been on camera for half this. I just realised, hello. <laughs> I'm filming this as well. There is someone who really inspires me. Um, she's called Sophia Hilton. Mm-hmm. And her salon in London is called Not Another Salon. And I mean, that alone is just brilliant. <laughs> And it is bright, and it is Larry, and she is absolutely unapologetic. (laughs) Yeah, cool. (laughs) She is unapologetically who she is, and I think she's brilliant. And if you see any of her social media, she's all about talking about who she is, who she is inside, and what she does, and how she expresses that. Mm. And the stuff that she does in her salon is what I want to do, and what I do do a fair amount of, you know, bright colours and... But it's that whole feeling within the salon that you can go there to be who you are, to be, you know, to bring your outs, your inside outside. Mm. And one of our mutual friends said that to me once after I did her hair. You know, you you put my outside on my inside. Inside inside on my outside. (laughs) And she said it and it made sense. It's just, it's too hot. It is too hot. It's too hot to do thinking and <laughs> too speaking. Too hot to do brain. But yeah, I, you know, and I see, I see what you mean. And it's so difficult when, because the same, I have ideas. I have a few different avenues that I can mm. potentially see myself going down depending on where the wind blows me. But then I also have three children. Yeah. And so you have to... <laughs> the anchors you have to do stuff with them you yeah. know <laughs> um yeah. you know and it does all those sort of life things when you've got this big thinking kind of make it tricky. yeah yeah i mean it's particularly difficult at the moment because mm. my older son is out of school he's autistic and he's not able to access education at the moment so we're limited really by what childcare options we have. Um, so the hours that I can actually put into the business is quite minimal at the moment. And it's a case of if I'm there, I'm working. I can't be doing exciting, creative stuff that doesn't make money because mm-hmm. the bills have to be paid because I have a physical yeah. location. So it's... Yes, which, as you say, is the drawback of having a salon. Yeah. But then I guess, well, unless you're a mobile hairdresser, I guess you kind of need you tend to yeah somewhere where you can actually put a chair is quite good yeah I mean you can do mobile and that but I definitely like having a a physical presence I would imagine that with the chemicals that you're using and things like that as well that it's more difficult to do yeah I mean people do it perfectly successfully they're very Mm. happy doing it and it works for a lot of people Mm. Um, but it's not it's not my preference and actually I love the fact that taking a total sideline of the kind of chemical knowledge that you have Mm. and knowing how people's <laughs> hair will react in there and think yeah. the, the 
the things, the yeah. things and the stuff. All the things that can go wrong mm. as well. And yeah, I remember my brother, who is a chemist, being absolutely horrified that I'm mucking about with hydrogen peroxide. <laughs> it's like, Quite you know, they make well. bonds out of that, don't you? <laughs> I'm not doing it. It's probably fine. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, I guess in the wrong hands it could be dangerous. Yeah, absolutely. And even in, you know, fairly competent hands, sometimes things go wrong. Mm. I mean, I had a huge problem um, last year and I really damaged someone's hair and mm. I made a big mistake and I, you know, second guessed myself and pushed through something that I really shouldn't have mm. and I yeah I made a big mistake and I really did some damage to someone's hair and yeah yeah you learn from it yeah. and um, yeah <laughs> and and fix it and move on yeah yeah absolutely yeah and I mean I mean I feel you I must say something else I want to say is that Laura and I feel like we're each other's hype women <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I feel like we should mention as well just how important it is to have when you're a creative and because it's very easy when you have the kind of job when well it's not easy but where you sort of clock in do your job walk away but having the kind of job where there's this spirally it's thing that you time yeah it? yes it never goes yeah. away exactly and sort of expressing this thing and having somebody who will say yes that's good or yes yeah. you should do it or seriously what is that or, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or whatever it might be yeah. and that we can be really honest with each other because you've beta read a couple of my books haven't you yeah um laura is also my unofficial head of marketing <laughs> yes because you make me do things yes. i don't want I to throw do books at people yeah at public events <laughs> yeah yeah, I find the most important person in the room and throw a book at them. Yeah, she has literally done that. Yeah. But I think <laughs> I think that being that person for somebody else, having that person in your life who because you can be full of self doubt yeah. with creativity, you know, if you're trying to develop an idea about how you're gonna brand your business and move forward, you need that person who goes, Yeah, that's amazing, do it. Yeah. Or absolutely. Not. And actually that font's crap, don't use that. <laughs> um, did I swear? That's all right. It's fine. It's fine. This is an 18 plus podcast. Pop- pop- <laughs> podcast. It's happening again. It's because yeah. there's a program on CBeebies called Nick Cope's Popcast. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's great. That's hard to, there used to be it's an great. old program, because I'm very old, in the, <laughs> yeah. I think it was in the 80s, called Pob. Did Pob. you know Pob? And it had this character that used to like blow up their cheeks and like spit on the camera and be like, Oh, no. Nice. It was like a little, little monkey I, thing. Nick probably knows. I'll, yeah. <laughs> I'll link, I'll link all Nick's of your stuff. And I'll also link the salon you were talking about. And I'll also and link Pop. Yes. yes. And whatever you Nick said. Nick Cope's podcast. I'll write it down. Just say it really slowly. Wow. He's some old rocker. It's brilliant. Okay. I just love it. He's, yeah. And he's got a dog called Norman. Oh. <laughs> he's in the show, yeah. I'm glad we had so yeah, visits from my dog CBBs. today. <laughs> it happens. <laughs> But for, for other people who are creatives, indie mm. creatives, whatever industry they're in, because on this podcast, I want to talk about people and talk about people. I'm going to talk about <laughs> go talk to people in lots of different industries where, you know, for you, you've got the premises and you've got actually working physically on clients' bodies yeah. and all these Touching people. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, and but you know there's sort of differences but there's also all these commonalities yeah and for somebody who wants to be 
a creative who works for themselves and does their thing. Don't what do would it. You, don't, brilliant. <laughs> Good. Don't do it. It's completely insane. It's really stressful. No, just, it is, you have to go for it. Mm. You have to follow your passion. It'll always be that itch otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. And you have to, it's so cheesy. You have to believe in yourself. And you have to find people who believe in you mm-hmm. because you do need your cheerleaders. Mm. You need that person who is going to go, you can actually do this. Look, you've done all of this already. You can mm. do more. Um, I get in ter- terrible um, imposter syndrome as well. And mm. I sit there and go, maybe I'm not really actually very good. <laughs> and then I have to remind myself that actually I've been doing this, you know, I've had my salon for 10 years and I still have people who let me do their hair. So yeah. I'm we come back. Right. Yeah. yeah. I've had two okay. good hairdressers in my life and you're one of them. Because <laughs> a lot of hairdressers see my hair and go, oh, yeah. and then just give me a mullet. Yeah. And you haven't done that yet. Well, <laughs> won't let me. <laughs> Mullets are very fashionable again now. Oh, I'm not doing it again. Yeah. I had one or the wolf when I was 17 and it wasn't a good look. It is now though. It's okay now. <laughs> not with you can do it now. Yeah. 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 yeah, I'm not doing it. You're not doing it to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's that self-doubt thing is such a thing mm. and yeah i guess for you if you know that if someone's coming back they yeah. like it yeah generally yeah or they're back to complain <laughs> i mean i switched from a different salon in the city in in canterbury in it's not city. i mean you know um because i was cheaper <laughs> you were cheaper that's how yeah. i started yes that's, that's how, now i would, yeah. I, I would i'm pay. not cheaper anymore I think you are actually. Um, <laughs> <Damn>. <laughs> but for another price rise. But yeah, you know that is genuinely why I did was because I was having to travel into Canterbury, yep. pay huge amounts of money. Yeah, and I it thought because you liked me, let's give this crazy movie. lady a, a go and see how she gets <laughs> yeah, on. And you pass. Yes, and we ended up doing book hair. <laughs> so yes, we, yeah, you did book hair. So Laura dyed and my hair head. in the color of my book. Yeah. Which was amazing. Yeah. Ama- amazing. Amazing. <laughs> and you made me a book cake. Yes. Which was lovely. Yeah. I haven't been able to make cake in ages. But you literally can go to Laura with a book and say, dye my hair that colour. Yes. And you will do it. Yes. Yeah. And I think as well, <laughs> we, we've worked on other creative projects together and we work well as Reasonably a well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <you're> going, mm. <laughs> From my end, not so much. Yeah. <laughs> well you you actually just keep me on task basically yeah is what happens yeah i get too creative and get a bit tizzy i just remind silly. you to do the things yeah and you do the things, I do the things. that's a good team yeah yeah perfect <laughs> yeah so <laughs> all of that said i will as i say i'll link all of your things and if you're in deal and you want unicorn hair yeah you have to go and visit artistica but if nothing else go and follow laura on instagram yeah. To see all of the hair. I should do some posting on that, really, shouldn't I? You should. Yeah. I know, been a really while. good person who does social media. Yeah, she's freelance. busy and she's really she expensive. She is, yeah. Yes, yeah, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, but yeah, um, it's definitely worth a look at all of these amazing colours. and Yeah, yeah there is. good stuff there. There really is. So, yeah. But thank uh, you for chatting me to, to chatting me. <laughs> <laughs> the. Shall I just entitle this, Laura and Emma Can't Speak? Yes. Good. Yes. On that note, thank you very much for talking You're to me. You're very welcome. In some fashion. <laughs> and I'll see you tomorrow, probably. Well, no, yeah. I'm at work. Later. <laughs> Good. Thank I'm you. Bye. <laughs> 
I love that so much. And do go check out Laura's work. I'll put links in the description, but you can take a look at artisticahairdesign.com or at artisticahairdesign on Instagram for beautiful, colourful hair pictures. I wish I could share more of what this lady gets up to because she's also seriously involved in the local community. She's she's a good person. I like her very much. But anyway, I should get on to what's been inspiring me this month. And I thought I would talk about music. Now, I'm sure I'll be talking about this a lot in this section of the podcast over forthcoming episodes because... Music is a big part of who I am. I just feel it so deeply in my soul. I constantly have music on. I I don't like quiet and I find music very evocative and just it, it really inspires emotion in me and I like to create, I suppose, a soundscape while I work if I'm trying to um, get a certain feel into my work. Um, and so, yeah, music is is very important to me. I'm a singer in a band. I play guitar and saxophone as well. I'm just, I'm, I'm a musical person, I guess. So as I say, I think this is something that will come up again. <laughs> and this month, like many people, I've fallen down a Kate Bush rabbit hole and I discovered a song of hers that I'd never heard, even though it's on an album I own. <laughs> I must have just skipped it before. I don't know. And it's the dreaming and it's about the destruction of Aboriginal lands. And I was just blown away by the layering of sound and the production on this song, especially when you sort of think about the technologies that were around when she was creating this kind of music. And, you know, now digitally it would be so much easier to create that kind of thing. It's a very weird song, but it's brilliant. And I just find... The way that she constructs music and the way that she clearly creatively thinks about what she's she's producing. I mean, I feel that she really considers her the way she builds sentences and the the way that the the phonics of the words she chooses flow to create a certain sound. I I just think there's so much thought and creativity that goes into her music and in general, just have a listen to Kate Bush because there's quite a variety in her music, but if you really listen to what she's doing as well, it's so clever. She also, if you watch the um, music videos that she created, did a lot of interpretive dance. They're, they're like whole artistic pieces. So yeah, definitely take a look. I've also been revisiting Björk. I love loads of her stuff, but I've particularly been loving the big sound in I Play Dead. It's just so dramatic. It's really good for turning up really loud in the car and singing your lungs out. Uh, another song I've listened to a lot is Mouthful of, Mouthful of Cavities by Blind Melon. They're best known for their single No Rain. You might remember that from the 90s, but sadly, their lead singer, Shannon Hoon, died not long after that debut album was released. So although the band has carried on, they're, they're currently doing stuff, we'll never know what path could have been taken. Um, but anyway, Mouthful of Cavities has just the most stunning harmonies and an impressive build throughout the song to create a real emotion. So yeah, 
perhaps check out those songs and let me know what you think or send me some recommendations. I'm always looking for new stuff to listen to. You can find me as Emma Rosenbooks on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube and even TikTok, although I don't really use it. I know I should. I know it gets really great engagement, but yeah, I I should get onto that, I guess. So anyway, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Please do follow or subscribe if you haven't already and tell your friends. (laughs) It really helps if you rate and review as well. Your support means I can keep producing these episodes and I really enjoy doing this. I hope you do too. So till next time, take care.